coming up on today's swim episode. Right, right. Um, you know, so and and just one thing I should throw in there about copyright law is that the the default view of copyright law is if two or more people create a copyrightable work, then they're equal co-owners. So if you and I write a song together, if we have nothing in writing, then it's automatically uh, look. You know, the law sees it that you and I are equal co-owners. So it's important that if this is swim success with music. Yo, what's going on, music fam? This is Walt, and you are listening to Swim, Success with Music. This is a podcast for singers, songwriters, beat makers, music students. We are about the music life. Hey, and again, I welcome you to the show. And uh, we're back as usual, and we are back with amazing information that you absolutely need to hear Uh, for you going to the next level in your music career. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. I am very excited about today. We are going to break up our conversation today in two parts. Conversation with who you say? Uh, It's with a gentleman by the name of Kamal Moo. He's actually out of L.A. and he's a music attorney. Yep, that is right. A music attorney. So you're going to get some inside information about the entertainment business, how it actually works, and how you can get into that world and operate like a pro. Hey, man, I'm telling you, this is going to be an amazing two-part episode. So yeah, while we're at it, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to the podcast because you want to make sure that you hear both parts of this amazing discussion. Hey, before we get into today's show, I want to make you guys aware of something that we've not done ever. I mean, like ever, ever. So if you go over to our main page, our main website, that is successwithmusic.com. Again, that's successwithmusic.com for a limited time only. And I mean this. This is not some weird, cheap knockoff marketing ploy. This is the real deal. We are giving away the Master Melody course, the Swim Master Melody course, absolutely free. The only thing it will cost you, just being straight up with you, is your email address, a legitimate email address, because what we will do is give you a link to the course and a few days after you sign up, again, a few days after you sign up, because we're doing this old school, we're sending it out to you manually. We're not using these major monster spam bots uh, to send emails. We got old fashioned people typing on keyboards, sending out individual emails. I want to make sure you get yours and get access to our course. So yeah, go to the main page, successwithmusic.com successwithmusic.com. There will be a pop-up box in the middle of your screen. That is where you can simply provide your email address and we will email you a link in the coming days for the Swim Master Melody course. Last disclaimer, this is around the time that this particular episode, episode 65, is dropping. So if you're listening to archives, I don't know, three years from now, I can't promise you that you're going to get the Swim Master Melody course for free. In fact, I'll just go ahead and say you won't. 
but it, it is free now. So go ahead and move over to our website as you are listening to today's episode. All right, so let's get beyond all of that stuff and let's get to our guest today. Again, we are speaking with a gentleman by the name of Kamal Moo. He is based in LA, Los Angeles, and he's an entertainment attorney. And he's just come out with a book called The Straightforward Guide to the Music Biz, B-I-Z, The Straightforward Guide to the Music Biz. And yeah, this book is most certainly on Amazon in digital format and in paperback. Yo, you are about to get some amazing information. Just know, and I have to say this, that today's episode and next week's episode does not count as legal counsel. So please don't run off with this and say that Kamal's your lawyer. He's not, but he is giving you his opinions about certain things. So today is not being provided for you as official legal counsel. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think we can get uh, beyond the disclaimers and get to the show. Let's do it. All right, swim team. Today we have an incredible special guest. His name is Kamal Moo, and he is an expert on legal matters with respect to the entertainment business. If you are looking to take your career to the next level, you are talking to a legal professional who will give you insight as to how to make your career grow, how to get as much money as possible, how to protect yourself. Today is a special episode where you most certainly want to share it. So make sure you do that right now and uh, subscribe to the show and get ready for some amazing information. Kamal, I appreciate you being on the uh, Swim podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Kamal, help me to understand a bit more about your background. As long as I've been around music, one thing that always comes up will be get an attorney, get legal advice. Walk me through your background, walk our audience through your background so they know just um, you know the type of knowledge that you're able to bring and why they should be listening today. Yeah, well, um, for me, I, I, um, I wanted to be in the music business ever since I was like 14 years old. I was growing up, I was growing up in Miami and I wanted to be a record producer actually. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have the, you know, the talent for that, I realized. And so then I wanted to get in on the, um, you know, the business legal side. Uh, so I went to USC, University of Southern California for music industry. Uh, then I went to Southwestern Law School, also here in LA, which has a really good entertainment program. And I studied mostly entertainment law, um, you know, classes, music, law classes. Um, graduated, passed the bar in 2006. Uh, and then it's, the funniest thing happened. My brother's band actually uh, got signed to a record label. Hmm. Well, they blew up on MySpace, you know, back in the day. <laughs> and they got signed, they got offered a record deal and they needed a, a manager. Sure. And so I kind of jumped in and started managing them. So I managed for a few years from about 2007 to 2010. Then the band broke up and uh, I had some other clients too. And then I started my law practice in 2010. So um, I'm different from a lot of attorneys where my path was more through the management side. That's kind of how I got into the industry and how I learned about the industry you know, on, on a hands-on basis. Sure. And then um, that kind of, I think, helps me as an attorney because it really helps me craft agreements that are more based in the real world and you know the realities because I've been out there on tour I've sold merch I've driven a tour van through a blizzard in Wyoming at four in the morning wow you know I've done all that so uh, I, I know what it's like for a working musician mm-hmm. so it's tough out there so and I and that's kind of um, sort of me in a nutshell you know I've been working you know I've had my own practice for several years now 
uh, worked with a lot of different clients, worked on huge multi-million dollar deals, worked on a lot of indie deals and mm-hmm. everything in between. And so that's sort of a little bit of my background. Awesome. Okay. So let me start here because a lot of the, the folks who are in our audience, they are aspiring musicians. They are people who are just trying to get to the point where they can monetize their talent and uh, you know their producing and, and writing abilities and things like that. When I traditionally have heard about attorneys and heard about you know music um, entertainment professionals such as yourself, the first thing that pops up in my mind is dollar sign, right? And so my question for you is, for those who are in the audience who may not necessarily have a multi-million dollar deal in front of them, uh, they're not being picked up by a major label or a major entertainment group. Help us understand, at what point in time does it make sense to get a music attorney involved in what you're doing? Well, I always say that, you know, you need to get an attorney anytime there's any kind of contract put in front of you that concerns the rights to your music. Mm. So that's a record deal, publishing deal, producing deal, anything, you should get an attorney. And, you know, to your first question, I I think that, um, you know, I understand there's a lot of, um, you know, People out, you know, there's there's a concept, there's an idea out there that, of course, music attorneys are really expensive. Exactly, <laughs> and some some of them really are. Sure. Um, you, you know, for me, I always try and make it make sense for the client because, you know, I don't want to turn away a client just because it's a small indie deal. I still want to help them and help them get the best deal possible. So I'll always try and tailor my fees to make sense for the particular situation. Um, also, too, a lot of times when an artist is signing with a record label, many times the, the label will pay for the attorney. So mm. in, in the agreement, there'll be a clause that says, okay, you know, if this deal closes, basically that the label as part of, you know, the artist's advance, they'll they'll pay some of it to the attorney for to cover their fees. Um, so if you're working, you know, if you're going to sign with a major label or well-established label, usually that'll be the case. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Makes sense. So let's get into a few things here. And as mentioned at the very top of the show, you are the author of a new amazing book. Again, it's called The Straightforward Guide to the Music Biz. Again, the title is The Straightforward Guide to the Music Biz. I want to get into a few things that is mentioned here in the book because there's a lot of great information. And uh, But before we jump into it, what's your motivation behind writing this book? What What was the, the driving force for putting together such a comprehensive guide for people? Well, it's funny because, you know, I feel like half my job is explaining the law to my clients mm. and, and and I'm happy to do that because, um, you know, I think that they need to know this stuff. I think they need to understand uh, how these contracts affect their rights. And so I felt like I was explaining a lot of the same things over and over again, like copyright law, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ro- music, you know, artist royalties, things like that. And I said, you know, let me put this all into a book. And so the book, actually, I wrote it quite, quite fast, actually. It's about 100 pages long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very concise because it's stuff I've explained hundreds of times over and over and over again to my clients. Mm-hmm. So I had a really good kind of, you know, short, concise way of, you know, uh, presenting certain topics that was just very easy to communicate. So that that was sort of the motivation and why the book is so, you know, to the point, basically. Got it. Awesome. Okay, cool. So you actually brought up something, and I see this at the beginning of your book here, uh, well, towards the beginning. You talk about copyrights. As Mm -hmm. a creative, the subject of copyrights come up all the time, right? I'll give you some typical scenarios I come across. Someone has a really hot song. You know, I'm working on a track here in my, my home studio, and I really think it's phenomenal, but I'm kind of scared to let anyone hear it because I don't want someone to steal my song. Most people have that opinion, right? They feel like, yeah, this is a chart topper. 
the next banger that's going to go to Billboard's number one slot for whatever category. But I want to collab with some people. I want to work with some people and I don't want my music stolen. So the first thing most creators think about is copyright. How do how do copyrights work? What should I know about my song when I create it? Can I let someone hear it? Can it be stolen easy? Walk walk me through copyright protection. Right. So copyright, um, basically all copyright is, it's a concept, a legal concept that says that if you create something that's protectable by copyright, you have certain exclusive rights in that work. So Mm -hmm. uh, in the music business, there's two main copyrights. There's the the musical composition Mm -hmm. and then there's the sound recording. So the musical composition basically protects the lyrics and the melody. Okay. And and when you go into the studio and make a sound recording like a MP3, like a, you know, WAV file, uh, that's a sound recording. Those are two completely separate copyrights, and they can be owned, um, you know, by the creators. Sure. Now, the issue is like, in, realistically, there aren't a ton of people out there trying to look around to steal music. Because, for example, if you send, you know, you attract to somebody to write to, you have, you know, a digital sort of footprint there, saying like, okay, well, I sent this person uh, this, uh, you know, this track, and so, you know, you, you know that they have access to it and so forth. So it, it'd be kind of, especially in this day and age, it's really hard to steal somebody's music and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I wouldn't necessarily be, you know, scared of that happening. It's just, you know, be, be, know who you're dealing with, you know, make sure it's trustworthy people because people who are legitimate in the industry, they're not looking to just steal people's music and take it and do stuff with <laughs> sure. it. Um, you know, that, that's not really uh, an issue usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, also you want to register your music uh, for copyright protection. You can do it through... Um, you know, there's a website called copyright.gov. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, basically you upload your, your music, you fill out a form, you pay a fee, um, and then you can uh, have it protected. Um, now, granted, you know, those fees can kind of add up if you copyright a bunch of stuff at once. You can copyright collections, but there's limits to that. Uh, but if you think you have a really big hit song there, you know, you, maybe you want to try and, you know, register that one right away. Um, so it, that's the thing. I think, you know, copyright is definitely important, you know, definitely register your stuff. That's the best way to protect it. Sure. But at the same time, like I said, I mean, if you're dealing with reputable people, you're not, you know, it's not a super common problem for people to steal music from each other and just put it out. Okay. So let me ask another question. I'm thinking about hypotheticals that I heard about from people that I've been around and known over the years. Let's say, for instance, um, I have this really hot song. And uh, I put it up on SoundCloud or I put it up on YouTube or what have you. Um, and it's just kind of representative of my work. And let's say someone does or I think someone takes my song. So I put it up there. I think it's a phenomenal song. I'm an indie artist. Maybe I have 50 views. But all of a sudden, a very similar sounding track shows up with another major artist. What do I do mm-hmm. at that point? Can I do anything? Well, there's a couple things there. There's, you know, first of all, you have to prove that there's substantial similarity between the two and the different. It's kind of funny because there's no one test for that. Different mm. um, you know, uh, circuit courts have different tests for that. So California is just different than New York a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you have to prove that, but also you have to prove access. You have to kind of prove that they came across your, you know, like uh, your recording. And, and of course, in the internet, it's hard to really prove that. Right. Um, so so there's the, you have a couple of hurdles there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too, like I mentioned, you can only protect lyrics and melody. So you can't, pra- you know, you can't protect uh, chord progressions or drum patterns because there are just only so many of those realistically in, in Western music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, uh, you know, if, so you have to really think about that. Plus there's certain riffs that are, you know, for example, like, um, common in like jazz, you know, or like blues that, you know, certain riffs that are just kind of standard in the music, in the genre. So, sure. you know, you can't really protect those. Uh, so it's a little tricky. You have to really, I don't know. I feel like, and I don't, I don't do litigation. I just, just, just to put it out there, like, mm-hmm. you know, I just do transactional work, which is contract negotiation. Sure. But um, in that case, you know, you do have to have a really strong case to, you know, the more evidence you have that like someone heard it in their camp or that person heard it or they referenced it somewhere, talked about it. Or if they, the best thing is if they took a sample, if they actually took an audio sample of your recording and use it in their uh, recording, that's actually, you can discover that because through, you know, digital forensics. Right. Um, so that's one way. But in terms of just taking like lyrics and melody, it's a little bit harder to prove um, in this day and age, especially if it's, let's say it's a common phrase, you know, that people say that's, you know, like in, 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 in the, you know, in, in the zeitgeist, you know, or at the moment, it's like, it's hard to say, well, I made up that phrase and, you know, that person stole it and so forth. So it's tricky. It's really tricky. Sure. And um, like I said, I'm not a litigator, so you'd have to really consult with a entertainment law expert on, you know, a litigator on that one. Got it. Um, but it, it's tough to do sometimes. So let me go back to this point here, because, you know, what you raise in terms of, um, you know, the complexity of proving that someone stole your music is, is it's a huge one. Right. And so I'm taking away from this is that I shouldn't really be that afraid to share my music online, maybe share my music with a, a record label or with a publishing company, because the odds of it being stolen one, it may not be as high as we think it is. And then two, if something weird happens, it seems like there's a pretty huge hurdle uh, to clear to prove that that particular entity stole my song other than me having, as you mentioned, the actual sample. But it seems like the issue of my music being stolen is not, uh, I shouldn't be as worried about it as most people seem to be. Can I make that assumption? Yeah, I think that's correct. Um, you know, because and the other thing too is, like I said, in my experience, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people out there who are just sort of lurking in the shadows, waiting to steal, you know, ideas and music from people. Sure. Um, so it's it's not really that much of a common problem. And like I said too, I mean, I mean, there's you know, there's only twelve notes in the Western scale, right? Like right. there's some there's some phrases that in music that are just sort of in you know part of the genres so and, and one thing too for example and things are more complicated nowadays too because there was that whole robin thick blurred lines situation yes. um you know as i mentioned you know comp- musical co- composition copyright protects the lyrics and the melody and it was clear that neither of those were stolen you know in in, in the blurred lines true. version true it yeah. just sounded like a marvin gay song exactly um and to me it's like now that gets kind of dangerous because now you're saying you can copyright you can protect a style of music you know in that case the, you know, all reggae songs sort of infringe on other reggae songs so mm. um you know i think it's an interesting precedent i think there needs to be some clarification there um I, I know that i think it went through the circuit court so maybe the supreme court will uh clarify that at some point but uh, i think we're in a really interesting time right now because what's protectable and and so forth it's, it's a little bit tricky right now got it makes sense okay so let's move on to something else that i believe that uh you know musicians at our level we we hear about a lot and we talk about uh this concept thinking about monetizing our music and that's royalties so as a musician you know we've heard about royalties for many 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 years those who are more advanced you know they may know how this works but for those of us who are looking to get royalties off of our music or off of our beats or off of our songs how do royalties work if you can just maybe give us a high level overview as to where one gets royalties when do you get royalties how are they paid how does that whole thing work 
Sure, yeah. So basically, like I mentioned, there's two copyrights. There's a composition and the sound recording. Mm -hmm. And you can make money off of both. Uh, there's actually more ways to make money from uh, composition. So, for example, when you, um, let's say you're a songwriter and you write a great song and then um, a really big artist wants to, record, say Beyonce wants to record it mm -hmm. and she puts it out there, uh, you know, when her record label releases it, they, they have to pay you what's called a mechanical royalty. Mm -hmm. And that's the standard mechanical rate is 9.1 cents for every copy sold. So every digital download of, of the composition, every, you know, every sale of the CD with your composition on it, mm -hmm. they have to pay you 9.1 cents. Um, same thing if it's streamed on Spotify, Apple Music, you get um, streaming mechanical royalties. It's not as high as 9.1 cents. It's much lower. It's fractions of a penny. Uh -huh. But at the same time, you get paid on that as the songwriter. Uh, same thing when you when your composition is played over the radio um, the, uh, or television, ASCAP and BMI, mm -hmm. those are what are called performing rights organizations. They'll collect um, your your performing rights money. So basically they'll issue licenses to all the radio stations in the country and all the TV stations and all the venues and bars and restaurants and they'll pool all this money together and they have these complex you know calculations and they are able to basically then they pay out all the songwriters um, based on how often their compositions were paid. So if you have a, a song that's on the radio every five minutes then mm -hmm. you're gonna you know, get a nice chunk of that pie. Um, so there's that, and then uh, those those are the two main types of royalties mm -hmm. uh, that come in as a songwriter. Uh, if you're a recording artist and you're making sound recordings for a record label, uh, then you're going to get artist royalties paid from the label. So basically, uh, the label's going to spend money making your record, promoting your record, and they're going to call those advances usually mm -hmm. against royalties. And then once those are recouped from album sales, then you start to receive album royalties as an artist. And a lot of times, artists are also songwriters, so they'll get songwriting royalties you know from the compositions and mm -hmm. then they'll also get artist royalties on the on the on the sound recorded side sound recording side um you know if they're recouped from by the record label so there's a, there's multiple ways you can make money uh from royalties if you have successful you know music that's doing well out there got it so you mentioned a standard payout for when uh, a song is played on the radio if, if no sorry i got that wrong when a song is sold let's say on um, Apple Music or something like that. There's a standard. How, how much is it again per song? So it's nine point one cents per copy sold. Okay. Uh, so let's say that's digital download, that's CD, and so forth. Like I said, it's a lot lower for streaming because you get a mechanical royalty for that too. But it's it's a much just like I said, fractions of a penny. So who sets the actual amount for how much the songwriters paid for the royalties? It seems like that number that you gave that seems like a standard number. Is that correct? Yeah, so uh, there's a uh, copyright royalty board that's appointed uh, by the Librarian of Congress, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, basically, yeah, they every so often they'll they'll set those rates um, for different kind of standard royalties. Um, the 9.1 cent rate has been in effect for a really long time. I, I don't know, maybe I'm sure it'll increase at some point, but that's sort of like the going rate at the moment. Okay, so you know, I know that um, like Spotify and some of the other uh, online streaming platforms, it's laughable in terms of how much they pay out for each time a song is streamed. How is that negotiated? Because obviously, you know, for if your song is streamed once on Spotify, for those of us who put music out through a digital distribution. You can see that the royalties are nothing. Um, so how does one negotiate that? Let's say I'm working with someone um, to be a songwriter and their song hits Spotify and then let's say, I don't know, gets 10 million streams. How does one negotiate that? Well, that's actually more uh, set by, you know, the, the, the individual streaming platform. Now, the going rate is about like 
um, it's like point like point zero 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 six or something like that wow. pennies per stream, you know. So it's pretty uh, yeah, it's pretty small. <laughs> um, the other thing too is Spotify and Apple Music; they also have pro- uh, public performance um, uh, uh, blanket licenses from ASCAP and BMI. So as a songwriter, you're getting paid a mechanical, but you're also getting paid a performance royalty. Also, so and that works out to you know like it, it's like they're basically work out to be the same um, you know so that's again point zero 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 six and for you know uh, for for um, the mechanical you get point zero 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 six for for the um, performance royalty as well so that's sort of it, it's not much honestly and, and yeah. so that unless you have like a monster song that's really doing well and and making a lot of um, you know ma- ma- having like millions and millions of streams you're not going to see a ton of money from that. However, the value there is, you know, and I've always kind of seen, I've seen this sort of evolving in the industry over the last several years is like, I feel like, you know, the mute, like you're not going to make a ton of money from sales of music or streaming for music. Uh, really, the money is going to come from touring, merchandising, you know, sponsorship mm-hmm. deals. Um, you know, if you can be sort of an influencer as well on social yeah. media, then that's kind of where you're going to really make your money. Like, for example, Rihanna makes way more money from clothing and makeup than she does from music right now, right? Uh, wow. So, yeah. so that's sort of kind of where I've, I've seen things sort of headed over time. I see. Got it. Okay. So another question. Let's say I am a beat maker or I'm a songwriter and, you know, I'm here doing my thing. I'm grinding and just trying to, you know, put my, some of my music up online. And let's say someone reaches out to me, another artist. They're not super huge or big or whatever, but they're saying, hey, you know what? I like this beat. Um, you know, I want to use it in, in, in my uh, my next coming uh, project. Let's work together. Let's collab, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Again, we're not dealing with a major record label, but this person is maybe going to pay me for my song. Mm-hmm. Do I need a lawyer? Do I go online and get one of those, you know, uh, music agreements and just kind of change my name on there? How would you recommend someone proceed if they were approached by another musician that may want to pay them? Right. Um, that's, and that's the thing too, right? Like, of course, like you get a lawyer for that, but it's going to cost some money to get that done. Um, right. You know, one thing I'll say is definitely, you know, to the extent that you can try and figure out uh, who's going to own the recording, you know, how and also how is the composition going to be split between, you know, the beat maker and, and you know, the, the singer or rapper, whoever it is um, performing on it, you know, how that's going to be split up. Uh, also, like, is there going to be yeah, like a flat fee that's paid in terms of like, uh, you know, is it just a total buyout and say, okay, I'm just going to give you this money. This is a fee mm-hmm. for me to use this in perpetuity or so forth. Uh, or is it going to be a royalty on the back and a producer royalty? Usually if an artist self-releases music, they're going to pay the yeah. producer royalty about 20 to 25% of whatever they make from from the sales of the record. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, if a producer, but if a producer is producing a track for a record label, then it's going to be about four percent of PPD, which is the wholesale price. So it's mm-hmm. it really depends on the specific situation you're in. And actually, and that's one reason you know I wrote the book because I know that's pretty confusing for a lot of people. But right. you know, if people pick up the book, they'll kind of see a breakdown of how producers can sort of um, you know what issues they need to look out for, and um, you know how the royalties can can be structured if they want to do a royalty deal with the with the artist. Um, but you know I think the tricky thing is just. If you do see the music going somewhere, whoever it is, the beat maker, the artist, whoever, that's the time to jump in and get a contract. Oh, like this record label's interested. Let's get a contract going before we kind of go any further, you know? Right. It, it, it's pretty tricky because then, you know, it, it, it's good to have that stuff sorted out because it protects all the parties uh, involved. Yeah. And I know a lot of people kind of get 
paranoid, like, oh, I don't want to sign something now because things are going well. But it's like you need to figure something out because it, it, you don't want to kill this potentially hit song if, you know, by being kind of stubborn or not, you know, you know not, not trying to make a deal happen. Sure. OK, makes sense. So, and again, all my questions, you know, uh, for those of uh, who are listening in the audience here, I'm trying to make these questions more catered towards those who um, we know that listen to the show and those who are trying to make it from where they are to that next level. And I know that a lot of the musicians I've spoken with who, you know, listens to the show and follows our, our podcast, they like to collab a lot. They like to work with other musicians. What is your advice when working with other musicians? So let's say we have a situation, right, where um, there's a song and a major label wants it or a major artist wants it. But before that part happened, I'm collabing with people. Maybe I got a beat idea from my friend and maybe someone else came to the studio and said, hey, we'll change this word to that word. Or I, you know, said that, hey, we should make the melody this or that. My point being is, when I'm creating a song, and let's say I want to take that song to the next level, should I be worried about collaboration, meaning later on someone shows up and says, well, no, that's my verse. They stole my song. Should I be doing something at the very beginning to protect myself when it comes to when I'm working with other writers or other beat makers? Like, how should that be set up in case the song really goes to the next level? Right, right. Um, you know, so and, and just one thing I should throw in there about copyright law sure. is that the the default view of copyright law is if two or more people create a copyrightable work, then they're equal co-owners. So if you and I write a song together, if we have nothing in writing, then it's automatically, uh, look, you know, the law sees it that you and I are equal co-owners. So it's important really? that if, if two or more people create a composition, that they sign a split sheet. Um, and that doesn't have to be anything super fancy at all. It's just really simple, like the name of the composition, names yeah. of the writers and the percentages they get, and then they all sign it, you know? That's enough. Just to just to have evidence of like so so let's say you know writing a song and like I just write like half a verse and then you write the rest of it. It's like okay, well I'll take like ten percent of the of, of the ownership and then you'll take the other ninety percent. That needs to be in writing. So uh, I would I would recommend that once every composition is sort of finished, that whoever was involved they kind of get together and just as a matter of habit, you yeah. know, do a split sheet. You know, like I said, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Like, of course, you can contact me, and I'll give you. You know, I'll draft a nice split agreement so it has a lot of different sure. things addressed in there. But you know, in the absence of that, at least have something in writing that it, it's clear that everybody, you know, what everybody's getting out of it. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, I apologize for breaking in because, uh, yeah, we were hearing some amazing content today. But listen, uh, Kamal goes on well beyond this. So uh, we're going to, again, split this into two segments. So join us for next week's episode. Subscribe now. Make sure you're hearing it when it drops. And we're, we're going to continue on. If today is any indication as to what you're going to hear in next week's episode, yeah, you know that you're going to get the knowledge you need to move to that next level. So, yeah, check us out on what will be episode 66. Hey, I appreciate you listening. And make sure you take a trip over to our webpage to grab your access to the Swim Master Melody course. Our website is successwithmusic.com. Successwithmusic.com. See you next week. It's old. I know there's gotta be a better way for me in this life.